Hello and welcome into the Daily Blues Podcast here on 101 ESPN. My name is Dan Betlock. I'll be hosting this bad boy for you. We'll be posting Daily Blues Podcast every day, Monday through Friday, right here on 101 ESPN, giving you all the latest and uh, update, up-to-date blues news and analysis from 101 ESPN. We have a lot to get to today on our first show on the Blues Daily Podcast. The Blues are on quite the run as they begin their quest to defend their Stanley Cup title. Uh, Stanley Cup hangover what? A lot of people are talking about that, how um, they were wondering how the Blues were going to respond after playing so deep into the uh, into the summer, playing with just shy of the max amount of games uh, allowed in a playoff, basically almost going to Game 7 in every one of their series. Of course, that led to a lot of speculation about how they would play in the first month of the season. And we've got our answer. Best team in the Western Conference. 27 points right now, 12-3-3 on the year. They have no regulation losses against a Western Conference team. So that is something to take uh, into account when you look at how good this Blues team has been. Blowing third-period leads or blowing two-goal leads has been an issue. And it would probably more magnified if it was later on in the season or even in the playoffs. But I think with it being so early still in the season, I know we're in November now, but I'm not as worried about the two-goal leads as I would be maybe, say, in the playoffs. I think it would be short up by then. So, 82-game season, you're playing a different opponent every day, every single night. So, uh, your system is going to work great on some teams, not so great on other teams. Uh, you're going to wear down. You're going to give opportunities. Teams are going to take uh, advantage of those mistakes. It's going to happen. That's what happens over the course of an 82-game season. But it's looking good right now through 18 games, 12-3-3, 27 points. Their plus, uh, their plus, or their goal differential right now stands at plus six, so that's good. Um, that's starting to creep up into a better direction as it was even for most of the season. So plus six is getting better for St. Louis. They're 9-1-0 and in their last 10, seven-game winning streak for the St. Louis Blues. And a lot of that has to do with David Perron. He's been on an absolute tear. He scored the game-winning goal and added a uh, and added an assist on Saturday's overtime win, 3-2 win over the Flames. He's got eight goals on the year, five of which have been game winners. That leads the league right now. Piranha's up to 18 points in 18 games this year. A lot of his points coming on the power play. Over half his points have come on the with the man advantage. 31 years old, he's having a great chance. I know Alex Ferrario predicted he could score 30 goals this year, and it's looking like he's going to eclipse that. He's got a very good chance of challenging his career high of 66 points that he set with Vegas in 27 and 2018. If it stays like this with the chemistry he has with Ryan O'Reilly, that friendship that they've built, that's translated to on-ice success, and I I expect that to continue. So I, David Perron and Ryan O'Reilly are going to put up some uh, monster point numbers this year for the St. Louis Blues. So let's get into David Perron with the Bernie Mikolas show. Bernie talked about the success David Perron has had so far on the year and how impressed he has been with David Perron. Here's Bernie Mikolas. This is the Daily Blues podcast. Let's hear a little bit uh, from Bernie on David Perron. You know, one little fact that I saw on the Blues website, kind of interesting. Perron's goal was the first time in league history for a player scoring three overtime goals before his team had even reached 20 games into the season. So he's been lightning, man. He's got five game-winning goals, and I looked it up on the during the break. He leads the NHL in game-winning goals this year, and in his case, with so many coming in overtime or late in the third period, these really are game-winning goals. There's no doubt about it. So it's good to see Perron doing so well, man. His third tour with the Blues, they drafted him when he was just a kid. He's been through a lot, but to watch him mature and and just develop in such a terrific player, a veteran presence, a leader. He makes beautiful chemistry with Ryan O'Reilly, and uh, those guys have been such a strength of the team. The thing about David Perron, you know, he has never lacked ever in confidence. 
But he's not an arrogant guy, and he's not an ego guy from a standpoint of me, 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 me. So after he beat Calgary, after the Blues beat Calgary with his goal in overtime Saturday, you know, there were a lot of questions, rightfully so, about his heroics in overtime. He mostly talked about the team. And here's David Perron talking about the Blues' success this year so far. I just feel like we, we turn the page after every night. We, we keep going back at it the next day and trying to work some more, trying to get better and keep cleaning up stuff uh, either from our game or individually. And um, No, I've, I've been impressed with the group, the way we've uh, reacted uh, every single night, on, even on back-to-backs uh, recently. We've, we've won them all, so it's been awesome. The Blues continue to win without Vladimir Tarasenko. Chris Kerber offered a theory that I think is a sound theory. I agree with it. Because for all of his greatness at even strength, Tarasenko has never been a huge weapon on the power play. I think a lot of that has been by design. I think a lot of that has been because it's sort of easy to figure out what he's going to do. I love Tarasenko. In fact, I get tired by the fact that he gets fingers pointed at him a lot, way too much. Kerber wasn't doing it in this case because what Kerbs was saying when he was on with us earlier, to me, is spot on. His theory on the Blues power play, which, by the way, the last nine games, 11 for 31, which is outstanding. I think I wrote down 11 for 31. Yep. Outstanding. Here's Curb's theory on Tarasenko's absence having something to do with that. You literally right now have to ask the question, is this a better power play without Vladimir Tarasenko on it? And the reason you ask that question is, one, the success you've just seen during this road trip. But two, what it's done is all of a sudden there's Braden Shen with a left-handed shot on the right wing. David Perron with a right-handed shot is on the left wing. Like you have, you have guys now when Petrangelo goes to the top of the circle, kind of the, what we call Ovechkin's office, right? Guys are on their wing where they have the ability to one-time it, and they are one-timing it. It's opening up passing lanes because you're on your forehand rather than your backhand, and it's something that last season I don't think they really had an option or depending on where they decide to play Tarasenko because he's more comfortable on one side or likes to play the point. The power play with him is much more deliberate. It's much more simplified right now, and it's just pass, 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 shoot. They were able to get some options in the high slot. We saw Ryan O'Reilly score a goal that way, and the execution has been there, I think, because of the crispness of how they're moving the puck. I think that's terrific insight there by uh, from Chris Kerber. Not surprised. Yeah, and you heard that clip there with Chris Kerber coming out of the uh, end of that interview. They're talking about the power play success, and I agree with Kerbs. It's it, with Tarasenko. It was well, okay. We have to get Tarasenko the puck. We've got to set him up. And now it feels like with the puck movement that they are they're willing to set all five men up. Like they'll set Petro up. They'll set Falk up. They'll set Perron, Riley, Shen, whoever's on the ice. It seems like they're more than uh, willing to move the puck around, set some other guys up for chances. And I think we're seeing the fruits of that labor and that success right now because Perron's having success, the power play's having success, guys are pumping in goals. And I do think that it has a lot to do with not just setting up, looking to set up Tarasenko. When you watch the Washington Capitals, and I've talked about this before, yeah, obviously Alexander Ovechkin is the focal point of the power play in that one-timer from the point. But they also get so many other guys involved, and that's why Ovechkin is always open. It's because... Backstrom, Oshie, those guys create chances themselves. And and it really seems like when Tarasenko's on the ice in the power play, everyone is focused on getting him the puck. And now it's, okay, let's get everyone the puck. Let's get everyone a chance. And we're seeing the success uh, of that right now with the Blues power play. Okay, moving on into some uh, news of the day. The Blues signed Troy Brower and Jamie McGinn to PTO tryouts. McGinn practiced with the Blues this morning. Brower will practice tomorrow morning with the team. 
Of course, we all know Brower's story. He was originally drafted by the Blackhawks, won a cup with Chicago, came over to the Blues, helped them reach the Western Conference Final before moving on to Calgary, where he's not playing right now. Uh, Jimmy McGinn, he's 31, former San Jose Shark, 11-year veteran of the NHL, and that's really what uh, Doug Armstrong is looking for with bringing these two guys in. 11 seasons for Jamie McGinn, 13 seasons for Troy Brower. Yeah, I get it. It's trending a younger league, but also experience is a big thing. And I agree with Doug Armstrong, and I agree with this move. Uh, it gives them 10 days to see if these guys can come in and produce and play a role for this team. If they can't, thanks for coming. Appreciate it. And then you can bring up Costin or whoever or Walker or whoever it is. But I think it gives you 10 days to see if these guys can contribute to this club and play a third, fourth-line role. Because that's all you're looking for is somebody to come in and play eight minutes a night. Maybe kill some penalties here and there. But you're not looking for 13, 14 minutes of ice time from these guys. And I've always been a complainer about when the Blues would bring up a Kossin or bring up a score from the AHL and then immediately put them on the fourth line and play three minutes a game. That's not healthy for those guys. Kostin, Kairou, Walker, those guys are getting valuable minutes at AHL at, a, at the AHL right now. And I would keep them there. Keep letting them build that confidence. Because if they come up here, they're just going to play seven, eight minutes. That's not good for them. Troy Brower, Jamie McGinn, these guys can play the role that this team needs. They're not going to disrupt the locker room by any means. They'll come in. They know their job. They'll play the role. Craig Bruby-style players. Hopefully, the Blues can catch them uh, lightning in a bottle. Not expecting the world of these guys because, again, they're going to play six, seven, eight minutes a night. So if you're expecting 13, 14 goals from these guys, you're going to be very much disappointed. And let's get into what Stalter and Rivers had to react to this news about Jamie McGinn and Troy Brower signing PTO contracts, tryout contracts with the St. Louis Blues. The news broke during their show, so they had immediate reaction today. And Jamie uh, agrees with me. We were kind of had similar thoughts on, on, on this process of bringing these two guys in. And I thought Anthony did a good job of uh, of leading Jamie down the fan questions of why not a Walker, a Costin, or a Kyra? Why not bring up someone from the AHL? Why bring in two older guys? Here's the reaction from Stalter and Rivers from earlier today on 101 ESPN. Which, which one of these players makes more sense to join Craig Berube's club? Oh, wow. They they actually both make sense to join a Craig Berube uh, hockey team. And I think that's why they're both on tryout agreements right now. Um, you know, look, you've got one guy, Troy Brower, who's three years older than Jamie McGinn, uh, a veteran guy. Uh, Jamie McGinn has you know 617 NHL hockey games played, which is a lot. Troy Brower has 838 games. I believe that Troy Brower is a little more... Uh, physical, has a, lot, a little more grit. He's more than willing to get involved, to bang around, to stick up for teammates, get in the odd fight. Uh, Jamie McGinn, he doesn't shy away from the physicality. He's hard on the forecheck, does a great job defensively, but not necessarily the guy that's going to initiate um, the physicality the way that we've seen out of some guys here in St. Louis, uh, like the Barbashevs, the Sunquists, uh, Mackenzie McEachern right now. He's going to be more of a defensive style forward. So, uh, look, it, it, both of these guys are exactly, you know, what the doctor ordered as far as the St. Louis Blues are concerned for players that would get it as far as the culture, uh, the style of play, and, and what the demands are and what the expectations are. Quite honestly, uh, they're both categorized, in my opinion, as third or fourth line players. Right now, the Blues have zero. Uh, backups as far as no healthy scratches, zero bodies as extras right now. Alexander Steen still out, Vladimir Tarasenko out, 
And Jacob De La Rose coming back in the uh, Robbie Fabry trade leaves them with nothing. And so adding a couple of veteran guys, if not even just for the time being, is a great move by Doug Armstrong and his and, and his staff. But yeah, Troy Brower, to me, um, I don't want to say that he'd be the easy fit, but he's played here before. He knows a lot of the core guys that have been here uh, for a long time. Certainly Alex Petrangelo, Alexander Steen, Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, all guys that he's very familiar with. So I think a Troy Brower would be great. And again, he's another leader type player. He's a guy that could wear a letter on any on any team that he plays on. Now he wouldn't occupy that here in St. Louis. Sure. But also a guy that doesn't need the letter on his jersey to be a leader type guy. Uh, you know, it's interesting. It really is because this is a situation that you wonder. Uh, you know, like you mentioned earlier. Well, what about the young guys? And, you know, they're experimental, and you can go down that route, but these are two proven NHL guys that will accept their roles gladly. Right now, obviously, they're sitting at home. They're not collecting a paycheck. They're not playing in the National Hockey League. Heck, they're not playing anywhere, for that matter. And now they have an opportunity to get back in the NHL. So great opportunity for those guys and great character-style players for the St. Louis Blues to at least be looking at. Well, let's dive further into what you just mentioned, though. Why not give the opportunity? And I'm not being critical of the Blues. I just, I'm really, I'm just wondering here. As opposed to giving one of these veterans an opportunity, why not go with somebody like Costin, give him an opportunity? Is it just merely about experience at this point? Because that's what the that's what the fan base is going to wonder. Why why Troy Brower, Jamie McGinn over a young player like Clem Costin? Well. See the the Blues are in a uh, interesting situation here. They've put together a winning streak. They're the defending Stanley Cup champions. They're very deep as a roster, and so uh, someone like Clem Costin or even Jordan Cairo, right now for that matter, they're not going to come up and get the lion's share of the ice time. They're just not. So why would you bring up your future talent, your future stars, to sit on the bench? when you can have them playing a ton in the American Hockey League, and we're seeing these guys play in every single situation, and they're playing really, really well right now down there. This, to me, is a move where Doug Armstrong and Craig Berube look at it and go, okay, we got a couple of veteran guys here that'll be more than happy to be on an NHL roster, first and foremost. Two, they're able to play in every situation. Three, they're gritty-type players that fit into what we do best here in St. Louis. And that's play puck possession and to grind teams down and to be heavy. These guys can play that way. You're not necessarily going to get that from Clem Costin, Jordan Cairo, or any of the other guys coming up. So I'd rather have two veteran guys who've been here around the NHL a long time that know what the expectations are, that aren't going to drag their bottom lip if they're in the, not in the lineup or if they're healthy scratch for 10, 11 games in a row. They're going to be happy to be here and contribute, whereas if you have a younger guy here, it's not that they're going to pout or be upset, but they're not getting better. They're just not getting better with seven, eight minutes of ice time in a game. It's not going to help them. And what you're going to do is you're going to actually stunt the development of these players. So you're actually working against yourself as an organization when it comes to your young talent. This way here, it's not that you're sacrificing Troy Brower and Jamie McGinn, but they are what they are right now as hockey players in the National Hockey League or what they once were. 
they recognize where they're at. So if they can contribute in three, four, five minutes of ice time or 10, 11, 12 minutes of ice time, they're going to do that. And they're going to be happy to jump on board and start pulling the rope with these guys. And you know what? Their development is not going to be impeded because they're at the latter part of their career. They've already developed. They've started to come down the other side of the mountain now, which is fine. It happens to every pro athlete but they're still able to offer something to the club. And I think that that's where the leadership and the experience come into play as well. And you're not sacrificing, ultimately, the development of your future stars. You know, Jamie, we talked a lot about the word fit last week when Robbie Fabry was traded to the Red Wings. It, wasn't, it was no longer a fit for Robbie Fabry to play on this roster with Craig Berube. Fit can mean systematically how that player's skill set fits into a system and that's that was the case with Robbie Fabry fit can also mean what a team is looking for from a roster construction a roster standpoint and I think that's where this comes in I think you're right if you're wondering why not Clem Costin why not some of these young guys well the Blues aren't looking to give a young player an opportunity right now they are merely looking to fill in some depth so, therefore, you go with a Troy, Troy Brower or a Jamie McGinn as opposed to a Clem Costin. That won't satisfy the Blues fans that say, well, why not have your best roster at all times? I get that. There's no argument from me on that standpoint. But if you're Doug Armstrong and you're the Blues, you're not looking to give that development time to Clem Costin or another young guy on the roster right now. You're merely searching for added depth to, to uh, fill in some of those spots, those injury spots. So I get it. I understand it. A lot of Blues fans probably won't. I'm not saying you, you shouldn't be disappointed that Clem Costin's not getting his opportunity. But when I look at the situation, take a step back, look at the fit, I think Troy Brower, Jamie McGinn probably are better fits right now for what the Blues need, again, right this second, than a Clem Costin. And let's not forget, too, Stoltz, one thing is these are tryouts, okay? They're PTOs is what they'll be described as for the rest of the way, and all that means is professional tryout. And they can be ended at any point. So if the Blues right now, there's no risk here for the Blues, I guess is what I'm saying, and it actually buys more time for the Clem Costin and the Jordan Kairos of the world that are looking to get back to the NHL and look and make their mark. If in 10 games, five games, six games, whatever it is, the Blues decide, you know what? Costin and Cairo have just consistently been pushing the pace down there. They're getting points. We need to bring them up. I'm sorry, Mr. McGinn or Mr. Brower. It's just not working out. The tryout is now over. I really appreciate you coming in. And that's it. That's your commitment at this point to these players. And, and you know what? Those are two guys that are going to be like, you know what? I get it. But what a great way to have a safety net here than to have two veteran guys like that that can contribute probably as much as any third or fourth liner will be able to. Look, we're not signing the next coming here of, you know, the the best player in the world. We're getting guys who are role players that haven't found a home anywhere else in the NHL right now. So we can't be fooled in thinking that this is going to be amazing. However, Given the right circumstances and the right opportunity, we've seen it with many, many players that can help out. And these are two guys that are, you know, very character guys that are going to help out as much as they can. 
But once again, a great way for the Blues to have a safety net in place right now. If it works out with one or both of them, fantastic. If it doesn't and they decide to call somebody up or somebody comes back from injury sooner, no harm, no foul. So I think it's a great move by the St. Louis Blues. So that was Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter's thoughts. This is a good move. This is a good move to bring in some depth, experience depth. Doug Armstrong talked about that today, meeting with the media. It's an experienced league, and we just want to make sure that see if there was any experienced players who come in to help us. I don't know if they're where they're going to be at. Um, McGinn had skated in Carolina, played a couple games in the American League. Troy Broward had been skating with the junior team in Calgary. Uh, we'll give those guys a look. Uh, also, with our depth down in the in the American Hockey League, we're really excited the way Walker's playing and Costin and Cairo. But again, you look at their their experience; it's not there. So we don't want to get in a situation where we have you know 11 or 12 players with, without experience. So uh, as I said, there's no guarantees on uh, for for Jamie or for Troy, but we're going to bring them in and take a look at them. Update on on Steiner's back here doing well. Uh, we'll have an up uh, a reevaluation on the high ankle sprain in four weeks on where that one is. And Vladdy's doing well. Surgery went well. He'll be at uh, uh, the Enterprise Centre tomorrow, and uh, I think he'll be available to you guys to chat with at some point uh, tomorrow too. Either or not, we came back from a road trip, obviously very excited uh, with, with with the the wins. Guys are, are playing really strong hockey, and uh, we're in a good spot. So a lack of NHL seasons on this team. You're already getting, you know, Robert Thomas is in his second year, Sammy Blay in his second full year. I agree with bringing in guys with a little bit more experience to help this team, especially in a fourth, third, fourth line role. And I wouldn't necessarily think this is a knock that they're not calling up Costin or Walker or Cairo or someone from the AHL. And Army talked about that, that they still believe in those guys. Well, no, we believe in these young guys. It's just the next injury. Like, uh, uh, obviously, they're, if, if you lose an experienced player and you put another young player in there, uh, if, if a younger player, one of these guys with less than 200 games on out, and you put in one of those guys I talked about, it, it's a net zero. If you, if you lose a, a Steen and a Tarasenko and you're putting in guys with no experience, it's, it's a, there's a difference. And right now with knowing Vladdy's out uh, five months and reevaluating, Steener at best is reevaluating four weeks, uh, you're, you're not, and you lose a guy with experience, you, it's a man's league. And we, we want to respect the league and, and see if there's veteran players that can help us. And if they can't, and if the young guys are better, they're better. But you, it's, I, I've seen teams that have gone totally young and uh, there's growing pains with that, and, and we're, I think we've stated all along, we, we want to try and be competitive with, with the upper echelon teams, and most of those teams are experienced also. Doug Armstrong speaking to the media from earlier today. I, again, I agree with this move. Again, it gives you 10 days to see if Brower or McGinn can contribute to your NHL lineup. There's no risk involved for the team. It's up to McGinn and Brower to prove that they can play valuable minutes and play a role on the St. Louis Blues moving forward. Jamie McGinn did make practice today, so he was on the ice skating with his teammates, trying out for the St. Louis Blues. Let's hear some audio from him. He started out how this whole process came about, getting the call from Doug Armstrong and signing the PTO with the St. Louis Blues. A few weeks ago, I was in Charlotte and everything, and uh, didn't work out there and had the itch to play. I uh, was talking with Ryan and everything and just uh, came about pretty quickly. And uh, just happy for this opportunity, and hopefully, uh, you know, I can stick around a little longer and help this team win. You know, they're doing a great job right now, and uh, just don't want to get in the way and just keep working hard. A veteran guy, I mean, how do you how do you view a situation with PTO? I mean, have you gone through one of these before? No, but uh, I mean, 
just going to come to the rink with a smile on my face every day, just be fun to be around and, and work hard and anything they need me to do, I'm going to do. Um, so at the end of the day, it's still hockey. Got to work hard. You know, my game's not fancy, so um, just north-south, play hard, and hopefully, you know, I can bring that to the team and, uh, you know, just work hard this week in practice and hopefully get in some games. You'll, you'll fit in right here. I mean, wouldn't you agree the Blues? No, I, I've noticed. I mean, uh, you know, they've done that for a long time. Uh, it, it, it was a recipe for success last year and winning the Stanley Cup, so, uh, I mean, why not continue to do that? It's very hard to play against. It frustrates other teams, so if I can bring that element and continue it and just, you know, add another element to another line that, uh, you know, works hard and, and hems uh, teams in their end, you know, that's that's my job and that's what I hope to do. Did things accelerate, uh, can you tell, of when, when Steen went down, you know, in terms of you being here? Um, it was kind of already in the conversation before that happened, and then, uh, you know, it just them being in Canada, everything was a little bit, you know, just give me a week and, you know, get ready, and, and the plan was all along to come here uh, yesterday and practice today, so. Do you have to come in with uh, in this situation with an open mind and really yeah. not have any expectations, or, or do you oh, I, No, I mean, I, I come in to, and I'm going to work hard every day to make the team. Um, you know, if you have open expectations, that means you're you're open to not sticking around and not making it, and that's not my goal at the end of the day. I want to want to be here. I want to be a blue, and I want to help the team win. You know, uh, coming to a team that knows how to win the cup, that's definitely, you know, it was one of my top destinations I wanted to be this year, so I'm going to do anything I can to stay. How well do you know O'Reilly? <laughs> he was in my wedding party this summer, so we've uh, played five years together, and uh, one of the big decisions why I wanted to be here, too. You play together in Colorado and Buffalo? Colorado and Buffalo, yeah, we were traded both together to Buffalo. So. Oh, you're part of the same deal. Yeah, yeah, I was that extra piece that no one knew about. <laughs> <laughs> Were you the player to be named later? No, I was uh, the main player. He was named later, I think. <laughs> to make the salary cap work out. Yeah, the yeah, wrong. yeah, exactly. Just salary dump. So how do you, how do, you do in your wedding? <laughs> he was great. Uh, he even got up there and spoke. And uh, he was, I, I wasn't sure if he wanted to speak because, you know, he had the SBs and every other speech that he had to do. So I gave him the option. He said, no, no, I want to do this one. So it was a lot of fun. So this was just last Summer, right? Yeah, yeah. So how good of a recruiter was he just to entice <laughs> you to get in here and, and get reinvigorated and give this a go? Yeah, I mean, uh, we know each other very well. I uh, spend time in the summers and we know how each other like to play. So, uh, I mean, you know, definitely very happy for him winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, dream come true. The guy works harder than anyone out there and he deserves it more than anyone. So, um, <clears throat> any team that has Ryan O'Reilly on it, I think, has a chance to win every night. And that's, uh, you know, a team I want to be on. So this was no accident, huh? Well, I don't... <laughs> that's what I was wondering, too. But uh, I asked him, I said, did you have something to do with this? And he said, no, it's an open stall. So it happened to just work out. <laughs> I think with O'Reilly, McGinn, and McKecker, it was kind of a... Uh, yeah, that's not bad, huh? So hopefully keep it going. Yeah. So were you in training camp with someone? No, no, I didn't have training camp. The last I was there was in uh, Charlotte uh, with the Checkers for a couple weeks and played some games there. Physically, or you feel like you're in... How much of a training camp do you need to have? Uh... I don't I think I've already went through that you know with the last place I was at and just stayed in shape throughout the week and, and skated and worked out and focused out there today I was just working hard and used this week to to get ready to go and that's all it is did you play in Florida with Charlie yeah. buds at all and did you have anything he was coming to or? found out yesterday so we were talking yesterday and uh, great guy well you know we got along great last year and good buddies so uh, yeah excited to have him as well and hopefully uh, we both can stick around what do you think when you found that out? Just, uh, I mean, it's good. He, he's a good hockey player. He, he's a good guy. He's a good locker room guy. So, I mean, uh, we talked yesterday, and we, we both want.
want to stick around. So it's not uh, we're not going to treat it like we're we're trying to kick one each other out. We're going to help each other, and hopefully we can both bring something to the team. And, where, and uh, oh, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Where, where have you been training? Uh, back home in Toronto. So. Just a local rink? Yeah, yeah, with my skating coach and everything like that. And then, uh, you know, just with some local guys on the ice and then just in, with my trainers in the weight room. Local guys at, uh, were, were just uh, uh, in adult leagues? or uh... That and, like, you know, private one-on-ones with a skating instructor and stuff just so, mm-hmm. you know, you can't get everything out of the adult leagues and stuff like that. Those are good to just get out there and skate, but you got to work on some other elements too. Do you feel like this style and the way they play here suits what kind of game you want to bring? Absolutely. Yeah, um, they're a big, heavy team, uh, hard to play against, and that's kind of what I will try to build my career around. Uh, don't want any easy shifts for the opponent, so uh, I'm just going to go out there and just, you know, continue to do what I do, and hopefully it fits in here because, you know, they're a great team, and you can't say enough about these guys, so they worked hard and earned their the cup last year. Florida got so young. You and Troy ever have conversations about, man, this league got young. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's something I don't really want to talk about right now, but that's pretty obvious. Yeah, it's got really young at 31 years old and considered an old guy in this league that's pretty crazy to think but uh, you know still love the game of hockey still want to play and still think I can bring an element to the to any team so I want to be able to do that right now all right that was Jamie McGinn talking to the media today he's got that itch and he will certainly get the opportunity to scratch that itch and find a role with this team here on the St. Louis Blues if he can make it after his 10-day PTO tryout. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the first episode of the Daily Blues Podcast. My name is Dan Belloc. Hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back tomorrow with you right here on 101 ESPN for some more Blues talk. Don't forget the Blues take on the Arizona Coyotes. That game is Tuesday. Pre-game show comes your way at 6 p.m. on 101 ESPN. Puck drop just after 7 as the Blues welcome in the Coyotes to the Enterprise Center. My name's Dan Betlock. This has been the Daily Blues Podcast on 101 ESPN.